Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for another episode of our series, Let's Talk About It, with myself, Andrew Musgrove and John Gibson. And today's subject is Anthony Gordon, a man who seems to still split debate amongst the Cast United fan base, the man who moved to Tyneside for £40 million in the January transfer window and unfortunately didn't hit the ground running but did end the season with a goal. If you're regular listeners to the podcast, me and John are firm believers that a full pre-season under Eddie Howe will see the best of Anthony Gordon come next season. John, that was your view a couple of weeks ago. Are you still sticking with that? I am indeed. I am indeed. Um, I mean, Newcastle don't go and buy on a whim. In the past, they've done that. Other clubs still do. I'd suggest Forrest and Chelsea have been great examples of that last season, where you suddenly dive out on a whim and buy something. With Newcastle, there's almost a persistent following of a player before they actually land them, as there was with Botman, as there was with Isaac, days with this guy. And you look at people like Madison, and um, uh, who have been, you know, tracked to any for a while and then they eventually land up here. And when this guy's been tracked, he has ticked most of the boxes, if not all the boxes. Um, and, you know, uh, that is a great plus. I found a very revealing interview with him at the end of the season, live on camera, where he said things like, I think it was always relief to have scored it at Chelsea. And he said things like, well, it has been a, a difficult start for me. You come here. Um, and it, the interesting thing, apart from the fitness, you know, you've got to be twice as fit as at other clubs because of the sort of game we play. Uh, apart from the fitness, he said, there's so much to take in. There's so much information given by Eddie, how he wants you to play, when he wants you to press, when he wants you to drop off, running the channels, etc., etc. He says, there's so much to take in. Your mind's got to be like a sponge. And I'm getting acclimatised to that. I'm getting wired into that. But it, it's taken time. And, and that will come with next season. And I found it fascinating that he was saying that because it shows, well, it shows why Newcastle are where they are and Everton are where they are. Because there's so much more work going into Newcastle uh, behind the scenes than there is at Everton. Yeah, well, that was the point I was going to ask you about. Do you think he's struggled because he's moved from a club who was looking destined for relegation, who will probably be fighting the drop next season as well. He's moved from that to a club that is on the up, that was fighting for Champions League football, that secured Champions League football. I'm just thinking, mentality-wise, we've got to remember he's only just turned 22 as well. Mentality-wise, how difficult do you think it is to make that switch from a club in chaos to a club very much on the up? I think that's true, although I have a little smile about that in some ways, Andrew, because the season before the last one, Newcastle were that season and that team in chaos and looking as if they were going to go down and having the relegation fight. Then in comedy, in all the guys that that were part of that uh, club going nowhere, people like Joe Linton and Almiron and... Uh, Lascelles uh, and everybody else, all the wingers that stuck around, they had either make the jump or not make it. Some of them made it quicker than others. Um, I mean, I smiled at a quote that uh, Harlan come out with at Man City, which could be appropriate in Newcastle. He said he turned around to Jack 
Grealish, who's his best mate, an unusual couple, that, isn't it? Uh, one that lives life to the full and one that lives life like a hermit normally. And, and they're the best of mates. But he, he, he smiled and turned to Jack Grealish and said, some people need a season to acclimatise and some people need a week. And he meant Jack had took a season and he took a week. And it does happen that way. And, you know, eventually, look what happened with Miggy. Look what happened with Joe Linton. I mean, you know, marvellous. We've got to hope that... that Anthony Gordon's going to go down the same path. I mean, and why should we hope that? Well, just because Newcastle's buying records since the new regime and Eddie Howe took over. I mean, it's quite startling. I was having a look at it, and on exceptionally good, you would file Bruno, Isaac, Botman, Pope, Trippier, Byrne, and possibly on the only two that you would file under dis, uh, under debatable would be Chris Wood and Matt Target, who hasn't managed to make the left-back position his own when we haven't a natural left-back. So you'd have to say it's debatable their impact, but everybody else has had a massive impact. Now, is Gordon going to come into that good category with all those I mentioned, or the debatable category with Chris Wood and Matt Target? I would like to think that he's going to go into the good. And I think he's, he's certainly got more going from him than Chris Wood had, who was very one-dimensional. Uh, this guy has shown glimpses of what he can be. But he left Everton under difficult circumstances. Not only were their team struggling, but he'd fallen out with the club. He felt the club were blocking his progress from him getting another club, a bigger club, a better club. He took a hammering... Uh, in the local press and with the Everton fans because he was a local lad there from being a kid and was looked upon as some sort of deserter or that sort of thing. So he left the club under difficult circumstances. He come to us under difficult circumstances. He didn't have a pre-season. It was the middle of the season and he was League Cup tied and then he was injured. So he's had a stuttering old start and really we can't judge him as a failure or a success until he has his pre-season and we're talking around Christmas time. Yeah, and we'll get on to the benefits of pre-season under Eddie Howe in a moment. Um, they paid a lot of money for him, John. We believe £40 million. Do you think that price tag has impacted them as well? Because it is a lot of money when it comes to Newcastle United and a lot of money for a 21-year-old who, although has or had at Everton 78 uh, Premier League games under his belt, seven goals, eight assists. I think there was a lot of eyebrows raised at the price tag. Do you think that has gotten to his head maybe and that's another reason that he struggled to really get going? That is possible. That is possible. These days, you know, I'm a bit old-fashioned. These days, 40 million is a drop in the ocean compared with some prices. And I mean, Isaac had to live with 60 million and he didn't get off to the best of starts after his Liverpool debut. Um, but with a young lad, it can be difficult. There's there's pressure on him um, because he come with a tag where he's expected to improve the situation. Now, I said that he has still got to be ranked in either the very good Newcastle Eddie Howe signings are the debatable ones. He's also got to be ranked in the signings, and I was having to think about it before we, we came on air, Andrew, of the guys we've got from Everton. I mean, just across the board, 
the very, very good signings from Everton uh, for Newcastle was Gary Speed, obviously. Peter Beardsley, who people forget, the second time we signed Peter Beardsley, it was from Everton. Um, because he'd gone from Liverpool, he, he crossed the, the Great Divide and managed to do it successfully, Peter, because he was loved at Liverpool and loved at Everton. But when KK brought him back here to join the entertainers, we got him from Everton. And big Duncan Ferguson, of course, well-renowned. So there was three you could say were successful from Everton, Gary Speed, Peter Beardsley and Duncan Ferguson. There are others. Dan Gosling leaps to mind without looking in the books as somebody we got from Everton and didn't pull up any trees here. Now, which camp is, is Gordon going to end up in? The Gary Speed, Beardsley, Ferguson one or the Dan Gosling one? Um, it's intriguing. Uh, and I've got to keep faith because I've seen flashes. This sounds harsh and I don't want to be harsh on Chris Wood. But from the day I start watching Chris Wood regularly, I thought this guy will give blood for Newcastle United to try to give them up. But I felt, oh dear me, he was overpriced. We're talking about Gordon at 40. He was overpriced at 25 million. And I thought, this fella's one-dimensional. What you see is what you get. He will try his very best. He will not let the team down in terms of effort. But by Jove, in the land of number nines, this fella's going to find it tough. He was one-dimensional. I don't think Gordon is that one-dimensional. No, he's very versatile. And if you look at the positions that he played uh, for Everton, 59 um, as a left winger f and uh, I think about 43 or so for... Um, well, this is a mixture of where he's played sorry, in the Premier League for Newcastle and Everton. So 59 as a left winger, 43 as a, as a right winger and 18 as um, attacking midfielder and then eight as a centre-forward. So that will be for Everton. So very versatile and it's going to be interesting to see where he actually fits into this squad given the options Newcastle have on both wings and what maybe they will do in the transfer market. And I will ask you about that later in the show. I just want to go back to something that you mentioned about his fitness, John, and, and what he said after that Chelsea game. And I guess when you do come in, I mean, first of all, we have to remember he hadn't played for a long Correct. time at Everton. He hadn't started, I think, since middle of November, something like that. So he wasn't getting the minutes under his belt. He might have been fit, but he match fit, as we always say, is a totally different thing. And then the standard Eddie Howe sets as well. I mean, fitness is one thing, but Eddie Howe fitness is another thing. And I think, you know, if Anthony Gordon's struggling, then goodness me, I hate to think what we'd be doing during uh, pre-season or trying to play catch-up to the rest of the squad, John. Um, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it, to see him actually, though, go into that full pre-season and start on a level platform with the likes of Miguel Almiro and Jacob Murphy, who have all gone through that as well. I can't wait. I think, honestly, just a full pre-season in Eddie Howe, he's fully fit, he's raring to go. I'm really excited. I mean, Eddie Howe has. When you look back with hindsight on, on the approach that Eddie Howe's taken... The type of game he tries to play, front foot, high pressing, uh, you've got to be fit to do that. <laughs> and Newcastle were significantly unfit under Steve Bruce when players actually went to the board and said, we would like to train more than we are. Uh, because of, and how often do players say that, for goodness sake? Um, but when you look back, 
Newcastle signings have not automatically been rushed into the team. They are at every club because we're so grateful to get them. They can sign on a Friday and probably play on a Saturday if they're available. Um, but Newcastle, Isaac, after his debut at Liverpool, was injured. But then was a long time when, when he was sort of said not to be fit enough for the, t- for the team. Fit enough for other clubs, match fit, but not match sharpness. And if you look at even the he- one of the heroes of our side, you look at, at Bruno, uh, he sat out watching Newcastle play for a short while when he first came. I think the first half dozen games, as when he was on the bench. Um, now, nobody talked about his fitness at that stage because the questions weren't being asked of Eddie. And we all presumed you're sick because you're from Brazil via France and you see the style we play. But obviously, as well, he was tonking up the yardage in him on the uh, training ground. And so while players like Trippier have hit the ground running and gone into the side, others like Bruno and Isaac and, and now Gordon have had a more restrained introduction to the team. And um, that's understandable. We've also got to bear in mind, Andrew, when we're looking at the situation with Anthony Gordon, that he is playing in what is possibly the most competitive position at Newcastle United. You know, because you look at the wingers, two positions available, left and right, and he's sort of split his appearances between both. He can play either. But you look for two positions. We've got Almirin, one, San Maximum, two, Murphy, three, Isaac can play there four, Joe Linton can play there five, and Anderson can play there six. So there's so much competition for those two places out wide that he's not going to be a shoe-in and let him find his form by playing a few games out there. If he doesn't hit the ground run and Almirin comes in, or Maxi comes in, or Murphy gets it, or Isaac has played out there so Wilson can play, or Joe Linton's played out there, so you can go in midfield with uh, Willock, Longstaff and Bruno. So there's great pressure on those positions. You've got to perform top of your top notch week after week. I guess also you have to consider that at the time he joined and to the, to the end of the season, the form of those players has been brilliant. And I can include Maxi in that to a certain degree, you know, obviously hit by that injury. Um, which was unfortunate, but he's he showed glimpses of what he can do. Murphy has just become a different player altogether. Almiron, you know, okay, the goal's dried up, but the work rate that he puts in, it kind of balances that out. And Anderson, of course, with his brief cameos, has looked excellent as well. So, you know... And, and Isaac's, Isaac's played yeah, out there exactly, yeah. to get Callum in, so there's another pressure. And Joe Linton's played out there to get the three midfielders together. You wonder... What Anthony Gordon was told when he was signing as well was he sold, you know, you are going to be a first team starter, but then everyone picked up form or continued their form. So it was like, okay, we're there. I'm not, A, I'm not quite up to fitness, and B, these guys are playing amazing. So it's not a case I just walk in. The other thing as well, I don't know about you, John, but when he was signed, I remember a lot of people saying, is that really the position we need? Because for me, I felt it was either a striker or a defensive midfielder is what Newcastle needed in the January window. They couldn't get it for numerous of reasons. They did get Gordon. But I do also wonder if the fact that it wasn't really a priority on many people's lists 
factored into the in, into the fact that he you know he hasn't set the world alight in Newcastle in his first few months. Yeah, I, I think to be truthful in the transfer market and it's so fluid. You have in your, for example, this summer, you have in your mind what you would like. And how, uh, how might say in his mind right now, this morning, he might say to himself, I've got to get a midfield attacker. I've got to get a left back because we haven't got a, a natural one. Um, I've got to get a right side and centre half. But they don't necessarily come available in that order. And so when somebody does come available, it is on your radar, you go and buy him. It doesn't mean that's a priority position. It's just he's come available when the guys in the priority positions haven't. And I think that's how we took Gordon. He became available. He was on the list of likes. I mean, if you look at it now, do you not buy... Madison until you've got a right-sided centre-half or, or a left-back, or do you buy Madison because Madison becomes available? You buy them as they become available, and Gordon became available, so he was taken. But as I say, it's the one position for me, when you add three players who aren't naturally left-wingers, Isaac, Joe Linton and Anderson, but they all play there when they required, we're overstocked with wingers. And yes, from that point of view, you can say, did we need yet another one um, in Anthony Gordon? And to a certain extent, that's what's produced all the debate over Maxi, because he is facing that sort of competition and is not an automatic starter now as a consequence of that, and therefore is going to be debated by fans the whole time on whether we should cash in on him or not. And I guess uh, that that very fact. I mean, you, you mentioned there actually, John, earlier in the show about the transfer strategy, and maybe it was just a case that, like you say, Anthony Gordon became available. We know they'd watched him before; they were linked to him the window before, and they were quoted silly money, seventy-five, eighty million from. So maybe when someone knocks on the door and says that player you like, that you might you might not necessarily need right at this moment, he's available for thirty million pound less than you thought he would be. He's only 21, best years ahead of him. Maybe, yeah, it makes perfect business sense to go out and get him for 40 million when of course it does. I he's mean, got the whole, whole world ahead of him. Yeah, Howe's not going to be sitting there this morning and say, don't talk to me about anything but an attacking midfielder until I get an attacking midfielder. Then we'll talk about the right-sided centre-half until I get him. He knows his positions, but as the players become available, if we sign Madison first, it doesn't mean that that was our priority position. It means he's available. We might still be pressing for the left-back or the centre-half. I guess it reaffirms how Newcastle United operate now. It's the bigger picture scenario, whereas under Mike Ashley, it was, it was here and now and for the cheapest way possible. Whereas now it's about the here and now, but also looking ahead and thinking, well, okay, maybe Anthony Gordon won't start straight away. Maybe there's other people ahead of him in the pecking order, but he's so young that he's going to become a key player in three, four years' time if he knuckles down and continues to develop. And I think that's what everyone loves about Newcastle now, United now, Dan Ashworth, Steve Nixon, Eddie Howe. It's not just about what's in front of them. It's about what's ahead of them and what's to come. And that's brilliant. If you take that to the ultimate, Andrew, and take it beyond Anthony Gordon, it's what they've done with the signing of the Aussie kid 
in the, in the guy with the the young teenager we've just got that we've sent out on loan to Fiendhold. Now, how far are we looking in advance there? We are signing a couple of players there, one from Australia and 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 one guy who's immediately formed out the Fiendhold because he's still a teenager. That's how far we're looking ahead. I mean, they they're two of the recent signings that aren't even being considered for the first team. And if you go further down, we got all the lads from Ireland and whatever that went in there, under-17s, under-18s and um, under-21s. We, we are looking, we've, we've taken the blinkers off in the transfer market. It's not a matter of we desperately need a centre-half, so we don't care about them or we don't care. This kid become available in Aussie, we got him. This kid became available in Belgium. We got him. Not priority, but they can be the future of the club. So the blinkers are off when we sign, if and when top players on our list become available. But that being said, is that maybe part of the issue, for want of a better phrase, with Anthony Gordon? Is that he's around about the same age as as as, as the two players you've mentioned there, but he's come for forty million, whereas Grand Kual, I can't quite remember what the fee was, but Minter. Has come for I think eight million. So there's a big difference in price tag, and he's kind of in a way, he's, he's he's in no man's land in many ways. He's not first team, you know, guaranteed first team starter, world class. But he's also not someone that has come in, has been bought, and you're going to shove him in the twenty threes or send out on loan for development. And maybe he struggled with that because at Everton before he fell out with them. Even at twenty twenty one, he was he was pretty much you know the star man in many ways. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. There's a big difference, by the way, between the two kids we talked about who are around the eighteen mark and twenty two. There's a significant difference in experience and maturity, football wise, between those two ages. And Gordon does fit into first team today, not first team tomorrow or the day after, like those kids. He's got to do it now. Uh, and could well do it now. But he's also found that Murphy's come out of nowhere almost at the same time as he signed for Newcastle. Murphy, who was looked upon as, as a bench player at the most and possibly be let go in the summer because we bought Gordon, suddenly becoming a, a top good performer who's earned his place in the side thanks to Eddie Howe, who's instilled the confidence in him to become what he's become. And so incredibly, you know, we bought this guy the stage where wingers weren't the number one priority. I've listed them. There's not a position at Newcastle where we have strength and depth as we have on the wings, the right and left wings. And, and Gordon is part of that. But he's got to fight and overcome this and justify it. And he wants a career and he's got into one of the age groups with England again. And he's saying how he would like to be part of the full squad one day, etc., etc. Well, I'll tell you what, son. It's all down to you because you can't have a better taskmaster than Eddie Howe and you can't have a better coaching setup than Newcastle United and you can't have a better opportunity because we're front foot players you could have come to us in the old days when you would be lucky if you saw the ball and would have been asked to play right back or left back as Richie and, and, and um, Murphy were so he's come at the right time to the right club the gauntlet's thrown down listen to the advice get super fit and you can do it don't listen to the advice, don't get super fit, and you'll fall behind. Yeah, you'll miss the opportunity 
Where's his best position then for you, John? If there was no one in front of him in terms of uh, other players, where would you be starting him? Great question. Great question. Because, I mean, he played in in coming off midfield in, in Chelsea, but that was needs must because we just didn't have any midfielders. And, you know, it's like Almirin, you know, he, where's his best position? Is he playing on one wing where he can come in on his foot, and on his best foot and clip it in the corner? Or is he because he's naturally right-footed, should, should he be a right winger? I think it makes little difference. At the moment, he's probably on the left, but he can play the right equally, equally well. What he'll have to do is knock it down pre-season, get super, super fit, his confidence will be boosted by Eddie Howe because by Jove, he does that. I mean, he does that with every player it's possible. Then he's got to take advantage of where the opportunity comes. It might come in one position because Almirin's had a little knock, can't play, you go in, bang, 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 and you can't be moved out. It might come on the other side of the field. Um, he's got to be ready to take... But I think wide, right or left, is what he's got to play. I don't see him as a midfielder, um, which is why... And I don't think Eddie does when he, he's got Willick, he's got Joe Linton, he's got Longstaff and he's got Bruno and he's still going to take in an ideal world a defensive midfield player and an attacking midfield player. So Gordon's not going to play there. He's going to play wide. Do you think at this moment he's got the ability and the attributes to play in the way Eddie Howe likes? Now, there's one thing signing him because Steve Nixon, Dan Ashworth, Eddie Howe think he can become that player. But at this present time, the way Newcastle play the high-pressing kind of game, do you think he's got that, those attributes or do you think that's something they're going to have to work on, not just this preseason, but throughout the next you know, 12, 18 months to get him to a, a level where we don't have to worry about him? At this very moment, he hasn't got those attributes because that's why he's not in the side. Um, and that attribute cons- uh, also is physical sharpness and super confidence uh, and now that's not god-given ability those two things but they are the things that he probably lacks the most um and they will be instilled in him at this moment he hasn't got enough to guarantee him in the side but he's got the potential to have enough and that is why he is here but the work still got to be done there's absolutely no question about that. I tell you what, he's just got to sit in the dressing room and look across the dressing room the other peg and see the name above the other peg and it says San Maximum. And he's got to think that two years ago, he was Newcastle United superstar, twice as much of a superstar than Gordon was at Everton, I might add. He, he was the blue chip player at Newcastle, adored by the fans, they, they they get out of jail card for the manager, give the ball to Maxi, even level with his own penalty area and hope he can carry it to their penalty area. Um, and that's all Newcastle had. Now, Maxi, without necessarily going backwards in, in ability, it's debatable how much forward he's gone, but not gone backwards, is, is, is not a starter. He is a bench impact sub. At the moment, he doesn't start. Now, does does Anthony Gordon want to go that way or does he want to go the other way? Um, does he want to do an Almirin, who is a one goal a season, uh, should enter the Great North Run, 
um, but uh, can't score goals. And then suddenly becomes a different player with the help of the coaching staff. He's at a crossroads in his own career. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Does he go left and on to stardom or does he go right and just become here and other? Basically, it's up to him because he will be given the tools to make the right decision and blossom because Newcastle, the current Newcastle United, are the perfect club for that for a young player. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see what happens. And I guess his, his uh, attitude's going to be really key to this as well. We will have to discuss what happened down at Brentford and the, the substitution um, when he reacted badly to that. But what I'm pleased about, you mentioned the interview after the Chelsea game and Anthony Gordon vowed that he was going to be on it for the start of next season. And I like that commitment. I know it's only words and it, you know, the proof is in the pudding, they say. But you know, I think he I think he, he understands that he's below what Eddie Howe expects and he has to step up if he wants to become a, a key part of this squad, which I think he will do in time. And I think that's really good to hear those words from him. I mean, he's on international duty with the under twenty ones in England. He's played behind closed doors against Japan over the weekend. They lost 2-0, but he started that game. He's just been called up to the squad for the Euro finals, which are played in Georgia and Romania between the 21st of June and the 8th of July. So you'll come back and you'll have a week before Newcastle fly out to the US. So, you know, he should... Well, either he's going to be really tired or he's going to be, you know... Up to, yeah, so we'll see. Um, but I guess as a young player, John... you. And you've already admitted you're below par. You relish those opportunities. It's not just about representing your country and then going out on pre-season. Hopefully, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the extra fitness that I need to get up to the level that the, the Newcastle United manager expects of me. Yeah, I mean, when I look at, at Anthony, uh, having just joined Newcastle, and the bits and bobs you saw of Everton, I don't doubt his God-given ability. I don't doubt his quickness when he's match sharp, etc., etc. What I don't, what is unknown territory for me, I want to see his temperament because I don't know how much he's got in him that says, this is going to kill me, but I'm going to do it. I want this desperately. I am going to be a sponge and soak in all the information given to me and become twice the player because I've only got one career. Now, I am not saying he hasn't got that. I'm saying I don't know if, he has, if he's got that or not because as yet, it hasn't been there for us to see. Now, Newcastle are so good at saying they don't want any bad eggs. Uh, they want, you know, people's mind is as important as their feet. Uh, they've not just got to have ability, they've got to be the right type of person, etc., etc. So presumably they've done the homework on, on Anthony Gordon, as on everybody else, and he does take that box. I don't think we know one way or another whether he takes that box or not at the moment. But that's one of the major things I'm looking to see from this guy come pre-season is a bubbling, smiling extrovert, let me on the pitch, aren't I a lucky boy, I'm in the Champions League, I'm with the top club, look at war flags before the kickoff. 
by Joe, I've landed on my feet. I'm going to make the best of this and watch me go out and play now uh, and, and play with that wild enthusiasm and bounce that he ought to have. And that's what I'll be looking for as the little signs that tell us he's going to be all right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the preseason impacts him. But I'm, I'm hoping that our prediction, John, ever benefit him hugely is uh, rings true. Let's mention just briefly then the reaction to him getting subbed at Brentford. It, it wasn't great, didn't look great. You know, he hadn't had the best time prior to that. Then for that to happen, obviously, he comes off the bench. Then he gets subbed uh, with two minutes to go and he reacts pretty badly. Um, obviously, all sorted now. But as we're talking about Anthony Gordon, we, we can't not mention it. Um, I think at the time... I said, don't overreact. It, you know, I said it, it didn't look good. It, it doesn't look good at all. But he's a young man. He's frustrated. He's apologised. Eddie Howe would have nipped it in the buds. And he'll know that he can't get away with that again. And you just, you accept that. And he has to learn from his mistakes. And I think, I think he probably has done. I think, obviously, we, we didn't see a repeat of that. Uh, what, what did you make of, 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 of that reaction in the moment? And what do you think we've learned from it since? Yeah, you can take it two ways, Andrew. I mean, first and foremost, you can say if you want to give him the benefit of any doubt, you want a young man who's gone on as a sub and then is, is brought off, is subbed himself. That, in football terms, is the greatest humiliation, you know, that the sub gets subbed. You know, that is a personal humiliation. At the time, he was hugely frustrated because Newcastle's career hadn't started well. He was league cup tied he was injured he was trying to fight his way in he goes on as a sub has a chance to look good and all of a sudden he's sub you can say if he came off with a smile on his face a miggy type smile who's lovely and white smile the size of the time you'd say what's wrong with him his attitude he doesn't care so you can look at it that way the other way you can look on it you know you don't take on this manager who's so successful and publicly make the manager look very bad uh, by doing what you do. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I can just manage to remember being a 22-year-old myself. And uh, at 22, I mean, did none of us ever make a mistake at 22? We didn't make a mistake in front of 52,000, mind. And, and therefore, you got away with it to a certain extent. But young men do make mistakes. And then, hopefully, young men learn. So, I, I will not wipe somebody off just because a kid does something silly. You take him to one side, as Eddie would do. Reassure him he's got a great chance at this club that Eddie will turn him into a good player. And then as he's leaving the room, full of bravado and feeling great, saying, by the way, I do not wish to see that again. And if I do see it again, you can follow Ryan Fraser down the road to the academy. Um, and I'm certain, in so many words, that was the sort of conversation that went on. By the way, there's another winger we've just talked about, Ryan Fraser. Have we been stacked out with, with, with wingers or what? So it is an interesting sign. And all I can say, as this guy is the latest of the wide players' signings, Eddie Allen must think he's good. If he's with all those that he had available to him, he still brings Anthony Gordon in. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did actually have a little bet with myself how long it would take you to mention Ryan Fraser. So 
I didn't win that bet. I was I had I had thirty seconds on 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 my mind, but uh, thirty five minutes it is, John. But yeah, you're, you're dead right, and I think Eddie Howe would have just gone to him and said, "Look, if you if you think you can react like that, prove to me why you why you think you can react like that, and you know use it as a bit of motivation." I mean, obviously the injuries, not starting a lot of games, it all played into it. And I say a young man, and it was good to see the leadership around him, Eddie Howe, Jason Tindall. Matt Ritchie, Kieran Trippier, all having the arms around them. It's a, it's a, it's a dressing room full of leaders, and he'll benefit from having that as well. Um, I guess what remains to be asked, John, is is what does the future hold for Anthony Gordon? Can he make it at Newcastle United? Uh, I think the obvious answer to that is yes, he can. I think what must also be stated is that he is unquestionably at a crossroads not just with Newcastle United, but with his career. And he can either have the career he must have dreamed of as a kid, if he makes the right decisions and backs them up, he can have the career he must have dreamed of as a kid. A career that God given the chance to, to have because of the talent that he was born with. Or he can go the other way and he can be just one of those wingers that didn't do it, like Hatton Ben Arthur or Robert or, uh, 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 or Maxi Davisy, who had more natural skill than Gordon, but didn't have the rest of the package. Uh, and he's got to prove, if he wants to know what the rest of the package is, let him sit down with Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne on ability is rather limited, not no ability at all, is rather limited, but by Jove, as Frank Clark did in the old days, with the old uh, heart the size of a frying pan, the local lad makes good and everything else, he is the perfect example. If you, Anthony, want to know what it takes for you to be a star, go and sit next to Dan Byrne and engage him in conversation. And everything you've got to get to be that star He'll tell you how to do it. Listen, and you'll learn. Indeed. And um, I'm just going to finish off on a few comments from our listeners. Um, we've got Toon Fan WZ on Twitter saying he's got massive potential, should be sitting on a one goal, three to four assists, and a relatively low amount of. Two, sorry, to be sitting on one goal and three to four assists, and a relatively low amount of playing minutes is good. Um, he say, uh, we've got Simon saying Anthony needs a run of games to get himself going. Talented player with Europe in the mix, he will get more opportunities next season. And Peter, though, says he's a good player and would have been a guaranteed starter 24 months ago, but can't see him being anything more than a decent option from the bench now going forward. With all due respect, Peter, I think me and John disagree with you. Uh, I think he's got a massive opportunity to become a key part of this Newcastle United squad. Maybe not next season, but the season after and the season after that, I think if he just gets his head down, works well, listens to the manager, listens to the leaders in the dressing room. And I think, as you've just said there, John, realises what's there to be achieved. Realises that he's not going to get a bigger chance than this. You know, this I'm is sure. massive for him. Well, I said sit down with Dan Byrne, Andrew, which I meant because he will tell him what he needs up there. If he just looks round at Newcastle wingers, if he just looks at them, Al Mirren, at one time his Newcastle career seemed finished. He couldn't before how came. He couldn't score goals. 
uh, one about like a headless chicken, etc., etc. Murphy seemed to have no future in the club. Could he hang on as a sub or would he be sold in the championship? Probably sold in the championship. Sam Maximum, superstar at Newcastle United. Where are we now? Almerian and Murphy in the first team. Sam Maximum can't even get regular starts. Which way does he want to go? Does he want to go the Maxi way or does he want to go the Murphy and Almerian way? He can do either. He is at those crossroads. He has the ability to go to take the right path, and I believe that he will take the right path. And I am firmly of the opinion we will be giving him several pluses next season. But Anthony, it's up to you, my friend. You're in the best of hands and you're at the best of clubs. It's how much you wanted and how much you're willing to learn. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, that is the end of the Let's Talk About Anthony Gordon episode. Thank you very much for listening. Hit that follow button on your podcast provider and head over to chroniclive.co.uk for the latest Newcastle United news. And from myself and John Gibson, we'll see you very soon. Thanks.